Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to another episode of the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where every single week we help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance the mission of your nonprofit or your freelance grant writing business. So you can help all the nonprofits. All right, so we have a fantastic show for you today. We have Deronda Harrison, who is the founder and president of June First Firm, a grant writing firm specializing in assisting nonprofits under new leadership transform their organization. She works to onboard and train their new grants teams, reducing burnout, turnover, and lack of support. Deronda has 10 years of experience as a grant writer, winning awards totaling $35 million over the course of her career and her specialty of area focuses on human services, K-12 education, workforce development, housing, and healthcare services. Deronda is gonna talk to you about today, we're gonna have this great conversation, is about new and emerging grant opportunities for very small nonprofits. This is really, really good because, um, you know, a lot of you out there are small nonprofits, the majority of nonprofits are out there are very small nonprofits. You can often feel like you're competing with these large organizations and it's really hard, but there are grants out there specifically for you and Deronda is going to break that down. For all of today's show notes, be sure to go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 297. We also have some great things over there while you're at Grant Writing and Funding. Definitely get on our wait list for our Freelance Grant Writer Academy. If you're learning how to make grant writing a specialty skill that you know how to do and that you can master and be able to open a business and get paid to write grants. We have a 12-month program that will be opening soon. You are definitely going to want to join the wait list. So jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com and you can also just join our Hub Haven newsletter where every single week you'll get an email with the podcast of the week and I also always deliver a stress-free nugget for grant writers out there. So you are going to love it. I give so much away in there. It is like a very specific valuable skill that you will get every single week. So make sure you join our newsletter and we also have our Hub Haven portal, which you all have access to, and that is completely free. So jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com and sign up for our newsletter. You can just click get started to see how to join that. And I've also been doing a lot of reels on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, be sure to find me at Holly Rustic, and that's R-U-S-T-I-C-K. And before, of course, we go into today's episode with Deronda, which you are absolutely going to love. She is such a delight to talk with. I just want to give a special shout out to our sponsor of this episode, and that is Bloomerang. Bloomerang offers donor management, online fundraising, and volunteer management software that helps small to medium nonprofits like the First Tee of Greater Akron. After just one year with Bloomerang, First Tee of Greater Akron doubled their unique donors, improved donor stewardship, and raised more funds. To hear the full story, visit bloomerang.com, and that's B L. O-O-M-E-R-A-N-G dot com forward slash grant writing podcast. And you can also check out a link in our show notes today as well at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 297. All right, without further ado, here's Deronda. 
Hi, Holly. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Yeah, so excited. We did a panel together last week. Absolutely loved it. So we finally got to meet. Finally, yes. Yeah, I'm like, I've been seeing you in this space, but I haven't actually met you. So it's been wonderful to meet you. I'm so glad that you're on and we can like talk about, about your expertise in your business. And that really is serving nonprofits with grant writing. And it's helping, especially like really targeting new and emerging nonprofits. So love the work you're doing. Totally need it. It is the largest sector of nonprofits are those new and emerging nonprofits as well. So yeah, can you kind of talk about like what got you into this niche space? Like, yeah, I um, started in grant writing, kind of working with smaller nonprofits and I didn't really have a program or the capacity and it just wasn't working for me. So I kind of shifted into working with your mid-sized, larger nonprofits, worked with organizations that were pretty much ready to go after those federal grants. So if you know that you got to have a um, pretty large capacity to go after those multi-million dollar awards. So that became like my niche. And I saw the need with um, smaller nonprofits or black leg nonprofits. They wanted to have those same grant opportunities where they were just them passing them by they just didn't even know where to start and they were constantly reaching out to me and I'm just like I don't really have capacity to work with you or my plate's currently full I have current larger nonprofits on retainer you know I'm only one person so my time and commitment is to them so I worked with a coach um I believe you know Cindy Wagman mm -hmm. and I um wanted to shift my programming or services and offerings to smaller emerging nonprofits especially since the impact of COVID and the larger opportunities for your minority-led organizations I was like there's a ton of opportunities out here, but still these nonprofits just don't know what to do or how to get started. So I launched Train Up Your Grant Writer program in 2022, and it's geared for your minority-led organizations, Black-led EDs who um, want to go after these grants. So it's a more of a, it's not a done for you, but it's more of a do-it-yourself with my guidance. I'm holding your hand and you go through this program with me for six weeks and we help you put together a grants plan, that calendar of um, opportunities. They're specifically for your organization, funders that support your mission, specifically support your mission, teach you how to cultivate, help you put together pitch plans, impact, how to talk about your organization from a place of impact and how to write those grants successfully so that you can start winning. And we start with your organizations that typically fund your smaller nonprofits. So that's typically the program in a nutshell. There's more to it than that. But um, that's a program that designed that came up with train up your grant writers, been successful for those that have gone through it. They have just seen a huge impact immediately I'm going through that program. So that's something that I do offer to your smaller emerging nonprofits, typically less than a 1 million. I've even worked with some clients who have budgets of a little bit higher, but that's typically who that program is designed for. I love that because that is so needed, right? And I know a lot of you folks out there watching or listening are like, that's what I need. <laughs> and it's like, it's so specific because there's a lot of nonprofits in that position. And the thing is, is they may want to hire you for your specific grant ready services, but there's budgetary restraints there. They might be like, well, I can't afford a drop of months yeah. of writing all my grants, but I want to learn and I want to be more sustainable and I want to start getting my foot in the door, right, as well. So I can start getting monies awarded and then I can get kind of build up that budget and eventually we can hire you. Right? Yeah, that's that's how it came. It's one of my clients was on retainer. I helped them get their program going for them for about six months. So they had the language, they had successes, they've won six figures and grant awards from hiring me. And they wanted to bring on their operations manager to, to um, manage their grants. She had a very little experience 
experience with grants, just kind of like management or review or something along those lines. So um, I just, she's like, can you like train her, do like a train the trainer program and train up our operations person for a few weeks? I was like, absolutely. So that's kind of how that program was birthed. So it was just me working with the coach and putting it together, see what it looks like, providing the services and needs for nonprofits. It's really geared for those that have someone on staff that they want to train up to yeah. kind of work with and lead their grants program. I love that. I could even see that being extremely popular with training up volunteers. Like, have you done that with volunteers and in nonprofits too? I've had organizations that reached out to me that want to train up their volunteer. I haven't specifically worked with the volunteer, but that's a great example as well too. Yeah. And I always mention that too. It's like, even if this isn't for you, like this program, like you're your executive director, but if you have interns, you need to get them in something like this program because, or interns, volunteers, right? Because the thing is, is you can't just say, okay, learn how to write grants and then be out there Googling it. Like they are going to be so lost. They're not going to show up. They're going to get, you know, frustrated too. They don't have training and support. And you're not going to keep them around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, actually, I just told a lie. I actually did train a volunteer. It's the organization, the church, they had the CDC and the volunteer, she does office. She was like their executive assistant and the pastor hired me to train her up to go after their grants. Again, smaller nonprofit. He was seeing his colleagues, other nonprofits going after these grants. He was like, he doesn't know what to do. He signed up for my train of the grant writer program and her in the volunteer. We went through it together. So yeah, I actually just did that. Yeah. And that's the way you can get volunteer too like what an amazing advantage to give to them and a benefit to learn how to write grants because they might think you know five years later I'm going to be moving I can take this skill with me so I want now it's competitive now it's a competitive volunteer position and it's a free if you will training for a volunteer to get some training under their belt um if the volunteer goes away or anyone in the program if they leave the organization all the trainings are recorded it belongs to the organization for there some of, some of them use it as like onboarding processes oh, for their grant writing and they can always go back and listen to some things that we discussed. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really, some people go through it one-on-one. -on -one. It is a cohort, but I keep it small, only about five individuals. But if you do one-on-one, -on -one, of course, it's specifically targeted for your organization. You can go back and listen to the recordings and it's there and it's yours forever. Love that, love that. So yeah, let's talk more about like that, those nonprofits. And because there's a lot that listen, I know you guys are out there listening and you are, you're starting out, maybe you're under a million, maybe you're under a hundred thousand, right? There's a lot of those we like to call those startup pups right grant writing and funding right those startup pups and and they're just kind of like maybe they don't even have a staff member yet and they're a board and they have you know volunteer or one executive director that's a consultant even maybe they're not even employed right and they're kind of like how do I get momentum in grants right yeah. so what would you kind of say because I know you focus on that creating that momentum yeah. um what, what do they do? Because they're just kind of like, I don't know. You know, I've been trying all the things. I've been asking funders maybe, but I don't even know how to like put a proposal forward. Or I've sent out a hundred of the exact same one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. yeah, that's really a real problem. The um, organization I just trained and went through training of your grant writer, she was thankful because this program helped them put structure to their program. They have been running a youth program, arts program for many years, but it helped them put structure around it, design their program more efficiently because they, we were putting it in a grant application. We had to report out on outcomes and put together an evaluation plan, even putting things down on a budget, all putting numbers to all of the things that they were doing. So she was very appreciative for 
of that. She was like, this has been so fulfilling. It's been helpful. It's really helped them take their program to another level because of the structure, because they were required to put that in the grant. So they were very grateful and thankful for that. And they're going to continue to take that information in the language that we put together and budgets to apply for other grants. Now, I know a lot of organizations like I've been applying for grants. I've applied for hundreds of applications and just haven't had any success. And I tell them, um, like I tell everybody else, it's like that one step, which is a very critical step, is that cultivation is missing. I haven't been successful in winning $35 million of grants because I'm a wonderful grant writer. It's because um, I work with organizations who have done the work up front. And I always say my most successful clients are those that don't just, hey, say, hey, do these grants, but they we work together. It's a collaboration. It's a partnership. And I work very closely with the ED or the uh, director of development. And they've developed those relationships with the funders that we're going after, the Wells Fargo, the local contact, the community contacted the organization, a local foundation. They've introduced them to the organization. They've had conversations or even if it's just a Zoom call. So when they get the application, it's not the first time that they've heard of your organization. So that's a critical step in the training program. And just in general, if you're applying for grants, you want to make sure that you cultivate them, warm up to your potential grants that you're applying for. You want them to know who you are before you start putting those applications down because you just really don't want it to be a waste of time. Oh, absolutely. I like, I like to call that dating. Dating. Date the funder. Absolutely. Yeah. Instead of like, just give me money once a year. Like, what does that ever work? Exactly. <laughs> I have a relationship. So if, yeah, getting in front of them. Now, what are some ways then, because some might say, well, that's great, but I, the board's not even listed on the website. You know, like, how do I, how do I get past a gatekeeper? Like, how do I get in front of the board then? Like, are there ways that you kind of or ideas that you have or steps that you have to help them start to create those relationships or dates. Yeah, this is a part of the program to help them. Um, I put together like pitch points. So mm-hmm. there's sometimes you just like, I don't, we can't find a point of contact or how do, there's no phone number or the number that they have is no good. So what I'll typically say, they'll have a list of trustees. If you go in foundation directory, if you're using that, or if you're using instrumental, you can get a list of their trustees or board members. And I am just, this is just something I do. I don't, really I know they always teach you you know the board member on your board may have a relationship or know someone on that board if not then you just have to keep it moving I don't believe in that I'm like hey just send them a cold email and just introducing them to your organization it, I said it doesn't hurt and I'm honestly it works 90% of the time when I just send out at least that I'll get a response either they'll say oh you know we've met our fulfillment requirements for this year and next year or we would love to you know speak with you or we would like to have a conversation to learn more about your organization and I'll typically will google the trustees see who they are they typically come up in LinkedIn you can find out where they work I have a software tool that I use I can find anybody's email that I want um, and see, once once I know where they work so um well, I help them put together um an email short and sweet but impactful to get the um, organization's attention so we can start having a conversation so I always say I could I could pretty much find whomever that we can reach out to even if it's just an info box you know at least try to contact someone and of course if you don't have any luck just move on to the next funder there's so many opportunities out there I just tell people not to spend a whole lot of time but it, it works it works most of the time it's an important step. And if you ever need a private investigator, we know who to call. Yes, yes. I was like, I think that's something that I, sh- I miss my calling on because I enjoy that part of it, um, believe it or not. Just open that part of your agency. I love what you said because that's something I always say too is LinkedIn has changed the landscape because there's no longer a gatekeeper and board members like to brag about which board they're on, right? So they will put that. And then all of a sudden you're like, I have a direct link, la, la, la. And it's amazing, right? So- 
definitely love that you threw that in there. The LinkedIn is a great place. Um, but yeah, it's like, these are people. And as long as your organization has the same mission, has an aligned vision with the funding sources, they do want to spend money. Talk to you. Yeah, they do. They do. And even like, do you recommend like inviting them, not, not asking them to be a sponsor, but inviting them to your fundraisers or asking them to go yes. to board meetings or whatever? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Invite them to board meetings. Um, I typically don't recommend board meetings just off the cuff, but even the fundraising event off the cuff, but just like they want to speak to the executive director. They want to speak to the president or CEO. They want to speak to the head of the organization. So that person needs to be out there, needs to be comfortable with having those conversations. I'll even work with them. We can do mock um, interviews. I'll pretend like I'm the funder and we have these conversations. We'll practice and work together. Um, but generally um, the executive directors that I work with, they're great. They know how to have those conversations. They just need to get in front of them. Um, and then of course, as a relationship builds, you can invite them to um, your programming. A lot of people's programming requires volunteers. You can ask them to come. Um, they don't have to necessarily work, but just view it and see how the program is being run, the impact that it's making. A lot of times people's work and they think that they're doing it sells itself. So yeah. um, def definitely inviting them to your programming is awesome. I love that. Yeah. And just, so the other thing too, so they're, okay, I love this. Now they have like, okay, I can, now I've got ways and now I have steps that you're giving out right now, Dorada, where they can be like, now I can get in front of foundations. Like, you know, this is great. But what about the other kind of lessons learned that you see that are kind of patterns as far as like, are there other systems then like, like you kind of mentioned like their research or their, their pitch, you know what I mean? Like, do you, what other things do you see that are kind of patterns that can be improved upon? For those yeah, models? and I just always say when you do um, can have your pitch, it's not just coming out the gate asking yeah. for money we just like to know hey we'd love to um know when your upcoming board meeting is or we would love to send you a, a letter of intent to, to share more about our organization um how what's the next steps to proceed go ahead and ask them for what you want in that email to eliminate all the back and forth but don't say hey how can you give us money so you want to stay away from that and uh, one of the things too i know a lot of um organizations say we've applied for 100 grants they're just literally copy and pasting yeah. their boilerplate language that they put together and I am a big proponent of boilerplate language and the templates or guides, but it has to be tweaked a lot of times based on your funder. So um, it's just not a copy and paste. So that's see that sometimes happen. And another thing is people don't answer the question. Every application is different. And what is the question asking you, making sure that you answer that, not putting there what you want to, but um, making sure that you're answering the question. So those are just some very basic tips, but they are very important um, that I see sometimes organizations can do wrong. I love that. I just like to echo what you just said about the ask or answering the questions. I see that so much. And I'm like, here's the deal as a grant reviewer, right? Like mm -hmm. I have to score you based on these questions. <laughs> it's usually a matrix. There's metrics involved. There's like, you know, they try to take as much of the emotion out of it to be like, okay, we have to give everyone a fair shot, a fair game, right? You know what I mean? And yes, a lot of times it's how much does this organization's programs align with our vision? That's definitely can be scored, right? Those kind of things. But then they do ask you certain questions because they need to kind of measure that. That's how they're measuring how they're going to score the applications that come in. So if you just bypass those, doesn't mean they don't love what you're doing, but it's just like they had to have some sort of 
yeah yeah so it's like just kind of getting into that as well and and you know serving out on the board of a lot of nonprofits too it's the same thing it's like I love all these I wish I could fund everything but we have a limited amount of money and we have a very direct a priority of what our mission is and what we want to fund right and what we want to see happen yeah so exactly. that's so important right like connect with your that that dating again right you want to date yes and de- yes, going back to answering those questions and play to the strengths of that funder. If they're like, we really, really like um, those organizations that conduct job training and you do have some arts program, you can talk less about that, but really push your um, workforce development if that's a component of your programming. So that's another thing. So again, going back to that copy and pasting, mm-hmm. you got to tweak it. What is that funder? Um, what is their main focus? So really play up to that and highlight that. You may not, you don't have to mention all of your programs in every grant application. It's mm-hmm. not required. That doesn't mean you're lying. It's totally okay. Um, so that's another tip as well. Really play to what the funder really wants um, and just making sure that it aligns. Right, right. I love that. Yeah. And I also love how you're, so we talked about your niche, right? You talked about new and emerging nonprofits, but you also talked about um, that are led by people of color, by Black organizations. And I love that you're focusing in even further on this niche, also a very big niche in the nonprofit space, but systemically has been held back from a lot of funding. So there's a lot of um, gaps and issues there. So I love that you're focusing on that. And how do you kind of position that a little bit differently than you might look at some other organizations? Yeah, I found out, again, going through my coaching with Cindy, that that's who all was coming to me. They were um, somewhere specifically, it was first time was last year asking for um, grant writers of color. So, and then that's who was really coming to me. I looked at all my clients. They were all um, either brand new EDs, well, brand new EDs and newly black um, new EDs if they were new to the organization. So it was just a pattern that I saw. They were attracted to me. So I was like, it just makes sense for that to be my clientele. So um, to really play to that strength, again, going back to your grant, playing to your strengths there. So those are the type of organizations that were attracted to me um, that I typically had on retainer and um, wanted to continue to work with those even smaller emerging nonprofits that wanted to work with me as well. Again, because of the opportunities were so endless for them and having the experience and the um, the level of success and winning grants and learning and working at some of these larger nonprofits that get a a ton of federal grants and just having the experience over the number of years, taking what I've learned to be able to help them because, I mean, you can get so much further when I teach others instead of like doing it for them. So that's kind of how that came to be. So, yeah. I love that. I love that so much because it is, there's, there's a lot of gaps and, and, you know, there, there has been a lot of systemic held back too from people of color and, you know, even here in Guam and indigenous populations and everything from being able to tap into certain funding. So it's nice to see that, you know, being able to really focus on that and to highlight that as well is really important. So I do applaud that work. And I'm glad that you're bringing up the sector because monies really do need to be spread more equally and equitably across the entire all nonprofit sector, you know, so. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So um, also just looking at new and and emerging, because this is so important, right? Like, we have a lot of different challenges, right? And there is, and when you're starting up something, there's a lot of learning curves, right? And in business and nonprofits are a business, right? They are a business. They're just a not-for-profit business. Do you find too, yeah, because that's not really well known. A lot of times people start nonprofits, not because they are in business school, it's because they have a passion 
for doing big something. Heart. Big heart. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you see also doing a lot of like business acumen kind of skill set training? Can you kind of talk to that? Yes, bit. yes, absolutely. I'm putting together bu- budgets for organizations and when putting together their nonprofit budget, but especially for these smaller nonprofits, I'm literally doing that for them for the first time for their programming. Um, and they're like, um, this is great because they just haven't put anything down. They just went to start. They just went right to working and doing the impactful work and helping youth and making a big impact on the people that they're serving, which is wonderful. But just the business acumen sometimes is... Um, limited or lacking um, because you have the passion and the heart of helping these people. So really, again, going back to the most recent client, they were they were just so thankful for the program. It really helped them put structure. Um, they had a vision, they had a mission, but putting it all down on paper, helping them talk through why they even started this organization. Like your grant applications, they'll sometimes ask about the history. Yes. So I really helped them talk through a lot of that. They were really thankful for some of that language. And even um. Some of the things I tell people like with grants, they're like, um, they really look at it as far as getting the awards, but also that language can be used prepackaged. They use their language on their um, newly website that we've written some of their boilerplate language. They took exactly the exact language that I helped them develop and put it on their website. So mm-hmm. that has really helped a lot. So again, if you want to force your executive director to put some structure, or even if you are the executive director and want to put some more structure behind the things that you're doing, this is also a great program for that as well. I love that. Yeah. And I, I know from my own experience working with startups and emerging nonprofits, right? It's like, yeah, just getting like job descriptions, resumes, like, you know, all of the templates and the SOPs and the yes. things that, you know, this will take your nonprofit to the next level. So that's so important to have like that kind of structure and, and I've learned it because people can learn how to run a business. Right. But if you're, you're kind of like, I didn't come into this, like with a business degree and it wasn't on my, my job description either, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's a nonprofit, but the board didn't know that. Right. So like this whole kind of cycle. So learning that, and it sounds like in this program, that's what you're really doing is you're, you're giving structure as well as instruction. So I think that's really important um as well um, yeah yeah another thing I find with startup and emerging okay and then we talked about this just a little bit but you can kind of like uh, we can lean into this for a minute it's um you talked about the history of the organization and having to kind of write that so it doesn't sound like yeah we just started yesterday right <laughs> but what about a lot of times it asks for grants awarded like mm-hmm. how do you kind of treat that like Yes, that's a great question. One of the clients, she we applied for United Way Learning Loss Grant. Um, she works with youth as well, and she put, you know, let she left it blank essentially. I was like, no, thank you. Just recently, um, received donations from your board members. Um, did you um, are you funding this program under your business? We're going to list your business. How much money did you give your organization last year? So I helped them with that, and so we were able to list that um as as her prior sponsorships or um, awards. So I always try to tell people, again, it's another level of perspective that they would have not uh, normally um, looked at, but really consider a lot of people start their nonprofit from funds from their own separate business. So list that as well. Um, Her board members are required to donate a certain amount every year, list that those funds as well. And it was a third thing I can't think of, but anyways, it went from zero to three. So really think about that 
Mm -hmm. sponsorships and donations even anonymous donations that some people give anonymous anonymously they don't they did not want to be like recognized so listing even an anonymous donor as well even it's just a thousand a thousand dollars is totally fine so really considering that um as well and she did apply for that united way grant she had played paid a grant writer multiple months no success and so i worked with her and trained up and she was able to get that that grant we were so it's so excited it was 50, we asked for 50,000, but they gave her 20,000 because they wanted to award a ton of like smaller, less than $1 million organizations. So they're able to use that money for throughout the year to really transform their program. I love that. I love that so much. Yes. And it's like- That was exciting. <laughs> yes. Congratulations on that. Because it is, it, I love that you're like, it, and that's what I would say too, it's like, what funders want to know is, can you implement projects successfully and can you manage money? And it's not, can you manage grants necessarily? It's, can you manage money? So yeah. I love that you put that as like donations, fundraising, and, you know, sponsorships, like all of the things that you can think of outside of, like just to get this started, they probably had a donation potentially yeah. for their board to file for their 10, you know, their night for all of the things, right? To file for their incorporation. So it's like all of these things, like you can start to add up and put in, and this is, we've managed money, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I typically work with organizations that have been, that are like, um, I want to start doing this work. It's an idea. I'm going to start implementing. I work with organizations that have been doing this for years. They just have not um, put any like real structure or maybe even apply for grants or they apply for grants and haven't been successful. So I really, that's kind of like my niche. You've been doing the work, but may not have just um, looked for other opportunities to get funding. So really just um so more startups I don't typically do just because I like for them to have programming success and stories but um more yeah. startups in the sense of you've been doing the work for years you just may not have applied for grants right right and that makes sense that makes a lot of sense because yeah it's you know it, 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 there's different people are you plateau right you plateau when you hit certain um, places sometimes if you don't have the structures in place yeah exactly yeah Love that. This has been so great. So you have you have really helped with a lot of these organizations. If you guys are new or emerging, definitely contact Deronda. She's got amazing systems that you can hear about that you've been hearing about in this podcast today. And um, for people, we're definitely going to have all of your links in the show notes, but I just want people to be able to hear where can they find you? Yes, you can um, connect with me, um, reach out to me or schedule a call with me on my website, junefirstfirm.com, J-U-N-E. Mm-hmm. dot com, And I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there. Send me a message. I'm happy to chat. I love that so much. Awesome. So any other closeout words that you want to say for new and emerging nonprofits out there um, looking for funding and just feeling stuck or having plateaued? Yes, definitely check out your local United Ways. They're really great with supporting nonprofits. Some of them are a little bit more um, active than others. So it just depends on where you're located. I know Atlanta, um, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. They have a great um, support and tons of resources. And also your local community foundations. They are really changed a lot in supporting your smaller 
um, emerging nonprofits and look into your local foundations, your local, I'm in the state. So we'll look into your local utility companies. They do those roundup programs, operation roundups where the clients round up their bills and they give out to their local nonprofits. You apply, it's a very simple application. You fill out a few questions and you submit an LOI and um, they do like to give to your smaller nonprofits. So check those three. I always give out those three potential uh, places to get started. And again, if you want to learn more, please do go to my website. Love that. And I I never thought of the utilities one. That's awesome. Yes, I love that. yes, that's, a yes, that's a great one. That's a yeah. 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 And I know the Walmart ones too. Like I know one of the, the girls that works in my academy and she's like, that's what she does is Walmart grants. Yes. And I'm in, um, if your region has an Aldi grocery store, they have a very simple application too. So that's one of the first um, grants too. I'll even start with some of my clients, Walmart um, and Aldi. They have some great, um, again, making sure that it aligns to the work that you're doing, but those are some also some pretty good applications to start with as well. Perfect. That's such good stuff today. I know people are going to walk away with us going, oh my gosh, I got a checklist now. I don't feel paralyzed or overwhelmed. Like I can move forward. This can happen. So thank you so much for giving them that hope and the structure and the, the system to be able to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's fun. Thanks so much. Thanks yeah. for your time. You're welcome. So we'll have to have you on the podcast again. Thanks, Doranda. All righty. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode today with Deronda Harrison of June 1st Firm. She was an absolute delight to listen to, and you just got some great nuggets about new and emerging opportunities for small nonprofits for grants. So definitely jump over and check out all of our show notes today at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 297. While you're there, please join our free Hub Haven, which is our weekly email newsletter for stress-free golden nuggets for all you grant writers out there. And of course, check out our sponsor of the week, Bloomerang. So you can get all of your donor management. Man, they have got, I just gotta say, I love their portal. You definitely just want to join and grab a free demo to see how they really can help you increase and retain donors. Donors should be a part of a major part of your funding for all nonprofits out there. You don't want to rely only on grants. I will tell you that 100% and this is a grant writing podcast. All right. You do not want 100% reliant on grants. You definitely want a large portion from your donors. That is going to be way more sustainable. And it's also going to help you win grants because you will have a way to show that you have funding to carry on projects after the grant funding has ended. So once again, jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 297 to see more about Bloomerang, Geronda, and our Hub Haven and our Freelance Grant Writer Academy playlist. And if you love this podcast, please do me a favor, leave a review on your podcast player. This does help other people find the podcast. And make sure you subscribe while you're there. All right, I'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye.